Welcome to this week's Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup. It's being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Susan Littlefield here on the Rural Radio Network. Another interesting week has happened. We had a lot of, obviously, we've talked a lot about WASD. We've talked a lot about what's happening around the world. But we're going to take an in-depth look at a couple other things we haven't talked about this week, including this China five-year Congress, the Bank of England, some debt risk. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more on today's episode. It may be small, but this little bean fuels a lot of power. It powers a food industry as a top source of protein. It's a fuel that powers diesel engines with fewer emissions. It powers a state economy and bottom lines. And it powers the rest of the world as a top Nebraska export. Yeah, it may be small, but we're finding more ways for this little bean to power Nebraska. And welcome back. As you can see, joining me, Jim McCormick and Brian Split, both gentlemen are with agmarket.net. And it's a nice to see, guys, the combines in the field and the work underway. But we know that there's a lot of factors that are weighing on the minds of these producers. So let's start out because, Jim, you brought it up. Uh, China and this five-year Congress, what this could mean Sunday night's trade going into Monday. Well, yeah, the five-year Congress is coming up. This is when the new President Xi will essentially, everyone's expected to be re-elected for another five-year term. Um, and, and everyone's kind of waiting to see what happens. Uh, he's going to give a big speech Sunday night. Taiwan's an issue. Everyone's kind of curious what he has to say about it, as well as the economic situation in China. Uh, their economy's kind of been struggling recently due to COVID lockdowns, as well as kind of a housing crisis right there. We'll see what happens there. I mean, if he kind of gives the wrong signals to the world market, potentially, of what he's thinking in this new term, it could have a negative impact on the economy of the of the macro sector of the stock market. It could also have an impact on the grain market, Susan, as uh, grain traders fear that if China's economy slows down, the demand for beans just isn't going to be there. And uh, that'll be negative beans, plain and simple. Um, I know that China has had kind of a tight hold anyways on our markets as we look at the big global picture. And, and Brian, what concerns does... Does this meeting of the China's five-year Congress mean for our bean producers here in the States? Well, we have a few things that are lined up here in the big picture that could be negative uh, for for soybeans. Uh, You think back to the report that we just had, and and the USDA did keep carry out at 200 million bushels, which was less than expected. But the price action from what should have been a bullish report was was, uh, less than stellar. Uh, we had a 200 million bushel carryout on the on the September WASD report that pumped us up to $15. Uh, didn't last very long, and we came right back down to 14. Uh, so here we are. We get the same carryout number, uh, less than expected. Some were we're talking we could see a carryout close to 300 million bushels, um, and so we really didn't see the the type of price action you'd like to see from a, a bullish report. So I think we're looking at further uh, demand revisions lower on exports for soybeans uh, and. We will see that over the next several months. Um, The USDA did also increase the uh, projection of the Brazilian soybean crop. And I think we have to realize that if if La Nina breaks down uh, into the end of the calendar year and we do materialize 150, 155 million ton crop, uh, our export program as we get into the first and second quarter of 2023 is going to suffer dramatically. Uh, That's going to have not only flat price implications, but also basis implications. Uh, so one of the things that the market has done recently is it has put a lot of carry in the bean market. Uh, if you think about November soybeans versus July soybeans, uh, we had a, an inverse uh, a couple of weeks ago 
where November was trading over July, just recently we had a, a 35 cent carry that's built in. So the structure of the market is also telling you something. Um, and so what the opportunity there is, is if you do have hedges and you're going to plan on storing your beans, roll those hedges out to a deferred contract to capture the carry. Uh, I don't think you want to go through this market unhenged at this point if you're going to put beans in the bin. And as far as China goes, as Jim said, you say a couple wrong uh, phrases and the market takes that negatively. Uh, if if Z uh, has anything to say that's negative U.S.-China uh, relations, especially as it regards trade, uh, that could put pressure on the markets. As we continue here with the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup, uh, Brazil is banking on a, on a decent crop this year. So far, the weather's been pretty good for them. Is that going to put some pressure should everything come in as they are hoping? Yeah, it, it, it's going to be I put a lot of pressure on it. Like Brian was saying, you're looking at 150, 153 million metric ton crop potentially. That will solve a lot of the world's crisis. If you're a producer in the United States right now and you have beans, you've got to be very concerned about it right now because we've got a situation developing of logistics right now. We have a very low river level that is going to affect getting beans out of the United States. It's going to slow that process down. we got a potential rail strike coming in here in November. But in the near term, if you can't get these beans out, this is our best window to export beans between now and the Brazil harvest. If all of a sudden we're not able to get these beans shipped now, we say, well, that's fine. We'll move them into the springtime. Well, A, that's when we tend to we tend to be exporting corn. But more importantly, we will be competing head to head with Brazil price wise. Right now, if you are a Chinese buyer, you can actually buy beans from Argentina about $30 a ton cheaper than you can buy beans from the United States. Think what that could happen in the United States versus Brazil if we're have, if we're fighting Brazil and their gut check, their or the gut slot of their harvest. So if you are a producer, I think you've got to realize there is a lot of risk. And like Brian said, if you, if you're a producer recommending hedging, you know, being hedged at a minimum, if you don't want to do flat price hedging or an HDA, I would highly consider buying puts or maybe a put call type of situation, buying a put, selling a call. But I do think you want to get a floor under these beans because the economic risk of a big crop in Brazil or an economic downturn turn in across the world due to the financial risk in the world, uh, beans could probably go a lot lower than people think. Well, I appreciate that expanded thought on that. So let's look at uh, the domestic use of it. I mean, the prices aren't there to, to help replenish those soybean producers to know that it's going to be fed here in country. Well, crush margins are good right now, and the USDA recognized that. They increased the uh, the soybean crush demand by 10 million bushels on this last report. And uh, as long as those crush margins hold together, uh, the, you know that's something that we're going to continue to look at. Now, we, we're going to have a, a certain capacity. You can only crush so many soybeans in a, in a marketing year. Uh, so what would then be a concern on the crush side would be uh, overall margins and we, when we think about the potential downturn um, that could happen down the road, that is also going to affect crush margins uh, when you're looking at demand for products. So if we see reduction in demand across the board for commodities in general, uh, if we lose demand for meal and we lose demand for soybean oil, uh, that's going to eat into your crush margin. So as of right now, that's not a, not a, a problem, but it could be in the future. Um, the problem continues to be the export side of things. And prior to the report, uh, a lot of thoughts of, of U.S. exports uh, for soybeans, probably on paper, 150, 180 million bushels, too much. USDA reduced it by 40, but maybe we're still looking at another 100 million bushel reduction coming over the next several months. USDA may want to see how the Brazilian crop looks like it's coming along before they really cut into that. Uh, but again, you know, we talked about that last conversation. 
if Brazil has that size of a crop, I think your, our U.S. exports are going to suffer uh, dramatically in the in the first and second quarter of 2023. Well, we can't forget the corn in all of this. I know soybeans have kind of taken taken the lead, but what concerns do you have for corn producers as they try to get their crop not only harvested but potentially exported? Well, I think the big problem is just like the beans. It's the it's the low river market potentially, and just the overall pace right now. Corn sales are about half of where they were a year ago at this time. So we're just not seeing the export market there. The U.S. dollar continues, Susan, to continue to march higher in general. That keeps us less and less competitive. We'll see what happens. I think the corn market may have a little bit better support than the beans and the fact that the big bean crop, it comes out of South America, is after the Brazilian harvest of beans, the Sabrina crop. So that may help support the corn market a little bit better than beans, but it's the same situation. There's so much money in the market that's trading the macro picture. If the macro picture starts looking negative, and we believe it is going to get a little bit more negative, the reality is that CPI number this week was red hot. That argues the Fed's going to have to continue to raise interest rates probably a lot more aggressive than people have dialed in. That will be negative commodities as a whole because when you're long commodities and the Fed's raising interest rates, the Fed's essentially telling you you're betting wrong. So we got to that is kind of, you know, kind of a negative impact, not just on the beans, not just the corn, but pretty much all commodities. And Brian, you were telling me too earlier, catching attention, is everything going on with the Bank of England right now? Yeah, so this was a couple of weeks ago, coming out of the weekend, uh, we reached a point where the, the pension fund system in, in England nearly collapsed. And, um, you know, if you can do your own research into this, but it's based on a product called gilts, which is like a bond. Uh, it's very interest rate sensitive. And so these pension funds buy gilts. And then when they buy them, they use that as collateral to buy more. And they're layered on top of each other. And so as the interest rates have moved dramatically, uh, these pension funds were severely under collateralized. So the Bank of England came in. They provided support. Uh, earlier this week, they said, hey, this support is ending by Friday. You have three days to sell what you need to sell. I don't know if the, if the pension funds were able to do what they need to do, but that's going to be something, again, that we're going to be looking at early next week. And when you think about 2008, for example, this was a, it was a debt issue. OK, so this was bad debt and it was mortgage backed securities. And then they they started packaging these things together, buying them and selling them. And it became a convoluted mess. And so it's a very similar situation right now, except now we're dealing with sovereign debt uh, and the amount of sovereign debt drastically outweighs the amount of, of uh, debt that we had that was bad for the the mortgage-backed securities. So this could potentially be a much bigger issue for the global economy than what we saw in 2008. And one note with that, Susan, what started that crisis was the new prime minister that was elected about 40 days ago. Um, plain and simple, she fired her economic chief here today. But there is a lot of talk out of England right now that this woman, 40 days after being essentially elected by her party, her party may push her out by the early part of next week, which, as Brian was pointing out, could just add even more economic chaos into the English or the, into, you know, into, into the English market, which will more than likely potentially could spill into the world market. So it's something that producers need to keep an eye on, unfortunately. It, the risk is real. As my brother has shared, who lives in England, for many folks, it's going to be heat or eat this winter because they're that concerned about what's happening with their economy. Thank you both for joining us this week. Uh, they can go to agmarket.net for more information. Absolutely, agmarket.net. Um, you can also look at our our uh, app, agmarket.app. Uh, get a two-week free trial of that to help you with your marketing. And uh, our general phone line, if you want to talk to us, is 844-4AG-MARKET, so 844-424-6758. 
Well, that's been this week's Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup. And as always, commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. I'm Susan Littlefield.